Hello, you're listening to Dr. Baz of Grace Life Church in Naples, Florida. Thank you for joining us as we open God's Word. And may God's Spirit speak a personal word to you through it. If you let me inaugurate uh, my thoughts by reading a couple of verses, you're in Matthew 24, verse 45. But it says right here in Colossians that Christ in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then, of course, Revelation uh, 1.5 says, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. Uh, Revelation 3.14 says, he is the faithful and true witness. So this morning, as we're looking at how to be faithful and wise, uh, we're really just looking at how we can be more like Jesus Christ. Now, as we enter this new year, I looked back in the portfolio and I saw that we've been recently preaching on such topics as being thankful for God transforming us, uh, how without Christ we can do nothing. Uh, we preached on how to be great in God's eyes. Uh, we, we talked about hope as we looked at Anna's hope. And hope dependence on Christ and being open for God to transform you are pretty good attitudes to have as you go into the new year. But when God asks at the end of 2022, who is the faithful and wise servant? Is he going to be pointing at you? Is he going to be pointing at me or us? Well, it would be helpful if we knew what a faithful and wise servant was. And in Matthew 24, verse 45, Jesus tells us exactly that. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him so doing when he returns. This, of course, is a serious warning to all people who call themselves Christians who never serve God at all. Um, as the text says, whose master finds him doing nothing when he returns. And that is because the church person who has never been a servant of God uh, is exposed in verse 48 to be, and I quote, wicked, and in verse 51 to be a hypocrite. Well, a hypocrite is a phony Christian. Somebody puts on the on the, on the mask of, of being a Christian, but is nothing of the kind, and who ultimately we find out in verse 51 is a damned soul, and is, his portion in life is a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I say all that to, to, to confirm the truth that this passage is not like <clears throat> many other passages that have been misunderstood. <clears throat> it's not a warning for believers saying that, you know, if you're unfaithful, you're going to lose your salvation. It's merely given to us so that, as 2 Peter 1.10 says, we can make our call and election sure, and as 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, so that we can examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. So how can we as individuals and how can we as a church become faithful and wise in 2022? Well, the first thing we, we observe is that a faithful and wise servant is somebody that protects others with the truth. And I guess you could say it, it protects them in the truth and with the truth. Look at verse 45. 
Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? So you notice that each person is to oversee or to protect others with the truth every day. Or as the text says, to give them their food at the proper time. A food, of course, referring here to spiritual food, which would be the truth, which would be God's word. Uh, plenty of examples of where God's word is spiritual food. In Job 23, verse 12, Job says, I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my necessary food, which, of course, dovetails with the Lord's word where he says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So to say it again, a faithful and wise servant is somebody who oversees and protects others, ministers to others in the truth and with the truth. Okay, now look at verse 46. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him so doing. Now notice this, when he returns. Now here we have a bit of a clue as to why this person is a faithful and wise servant, especially re with regarding of the handling of God's word. Uh, because you can see that he or she has got an eye on Christ's return. The servant who is faithful in life is faithful largely because he takes God at his word. And one of the things he takes God at his word for is that he's coming back. And when you have it in your mind and your heart and your consciousness that I am living today before a God who is coming back and who will evaluate me and hold the world accountable, it, it alters the way we function. I'll, I'll show you a verse of that a little bit later. Uh, so the faithful and wise servant is somebody that takes God at his word. You remember when Jesus said in John 4, 50, he said, you may go and your son will live. And then it says, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. Or, or what about in Acts 27, 25, when Paul is in a boat in the middle of a fearful storm. The storm is so terrible that the boat starts breaking apart. And it says in the text that everybody despaired of their life. Well, God speaks to Paul and he says to him, look, I've got a mission for you. And so your life is going to be spared. And not only is your life going to be spared, but so is the life of everybody on board. It's rather presented to him as if that was as a gift for you. Well, Paul believed it. Now, it's very easy to believe God when the weather's dry, when the weather's calm. There's a glassy mirror, describes the ocean around you. But when everybody, professional uh, sailors, have concluded we're all doomed, and you believe in God, then you really believe in God. Paul believed it, and he cheerfully reported the news to the crew, saying, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God. Now, what is faith in God? For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. How about Matthew 8, 8, that well-known passage where the centurion replies, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but speak the word only and your servant will be healed. Uh, or in Luke 1, 38, where Mary, who's probably 16 years at this uh, age at this time, has suddenly been told, that uh, she is going to be the mother of God's son. And, and, and if that wasn't hard enough to believe, she's going to pull it off 
uh, uh, while remaining a virgin. This is her response. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. In John 14, 1, the Lord speaking to each one of us in this coming year, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Here's how to do that. Trust, you trust in God, trust in me. You don't have to go through, through this whole year victim of anxiety. What I want from you will cure that, and that is you trust me. This is what God is looking for us from tw in 2022, and, and that is to absolutely trust what God says to a, to a new level. John 6, 28, they asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? How do we meet all of his requirements? And Jesus said, the work of God is this. It's kind of like he's saying it's this simple. To believe, and that's the word pistuo, which means trust, to trust in the one that God has sent. To trust in the truth, to walk in the truth, to oversee and protect others with that same truth. Paul Zao said, we're not going to distribute truth to our culture if we're only agreeing with the truth. We have to actually be trusting our very lives to it. Okay, now notice who the faithful and wise person keeps watch over. Verse 45, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? You notice the servants in the master's household. So what's he talking about? He's primarily talking about other believers, watching over them with the truth. Uh, Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have the opportunity, we read this the other day, uh, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 1 Corinthians 14.12, Try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Mark 13.33, it talks about keeping watch, which is what our morning Bible study was about. And it says, be on guard, be alert. You do not... You do not know when the time will come. That is for his return. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. So the faithful and wise servant is keeping watch for God, the Lord's return because he or she knows that they've been given an appointed task and they're busily engaged in it day by day. If you're going to be faithful and wise in 2022, find out what God wants you to do every day. What is the task? What is my duty? As my dad would put it, what is my, what is my duty today? And then do it every single day with an eye on the fact that one day the Lord's going to come back and, and, and comment on it. Um, so 1 Corinthians 3.5 says the same thing. It says, the Lord has assigned to each his task. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.13, Paul says, we, however, will not boast beyond our proper limits, but we will confine our boasting to the field that God has assigned to us. Th this is what makes a faithful and wise body of believers, is, is that each person is doing some sort of work for the Lord. In Ephesians 4.16, Paul says, For Christ, 
the whole body from Christ, the whole body, that's the body of believers, is joined and held together by every supporting ligament and it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I mentioned at the Bible study that one of the, the great things about you all is you all do minister to one another and we, we looked at how important it is to, to uh, engage in encouragement of one another. Um, but, but this is God's will. This is God's work. If we're going to be faithful in 2022, Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. That's what matters to me. Minister to one another. <clears throat> Protect one another with the truth. There's nothing closer to God's heart, apparently, than this. If you love me, take care of other believers for me. And... and this is his work. This is what the Lord Jesus did. Um, before he ever came to the earth, it says in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, that Jesus said to his father, I have come to earth to do your will, O God. That is to do your work. Throughout his ministry, he said many things like, uh, he said in John 4, 34, for my meat and my drink is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In John 5, 17, Jesus said, my father is always at work and I too am working. And then again in John 9, 4 and 5, he said, as long as it's day, he said to his disciples, I must do the work of him who sent me. The night is coming when no one can work. And while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. That's rather interesting, isn't it? Because God's work is, excuse me, my nose is running. Uh, God's work is bringing light, bringing the truth, bringing God's love through the truth to God's people and to the world. And then, and of course, even at the end of his life, Jesus is speaking to the Father in John 17, verse 4, and he said, I brought you glory on the earth by what? By completing the work you gave me to do. So, that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Now, inevitably, you know, we, in our fancied humility, we will say, well, yeah, but, you know, I don't know that I'm really capable of doing the Lord's work, little old me. Well, all of us are capable of doing our assigned task because Ephesians 2.10 says you're God's workmanship. As a believer, you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he had prepared in advance for you to do. So he's already enabled us to do whatever it is God has called us to do, or certainly enable us to begin the work, and perhaps we'll learn a lot on the way. Well, we've said it, let's say it again. Jesus said, inasmuch as you do it for the least of these, my brethren, you do it to me. The faithful and wise servant keeps watch over other people. It's God's business and it's his business, especially God's people. Uh, okay, so that's who he or she is to be faithful to. Now, let's look at how is a servant to be faithful and wise? The answer is right here and it's very, very simple. It's just to keep your eyes on the Lord. Verse 42, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. That's a sort of fulcrum of everything else. And, and it's primarily talking about watching out for the Lord, keeping your eyes on Jesus. 
Why is it so important in 2022 that we all through the day have one eye to Jesus? What do you think of what I'm about to say? What do you think of, of what I'm about to do? Well, the book of Hebrews tells us because it's vital for your faith. Hebrews 12, 2 puts it this way. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. So not only is it vital for your faith, but it's vital for your faithfulness. Hebrews eleven twenty six says, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered. That is, he was faithful because he saw him who is invisible. Why was he faithful? Because he kept the eyes of his faith on Jesus Christ. This, this is like a grand key to Christian living. Keeping watch is not only vital for your faith, not only vital for your faithfulness, but it's vital if you want to follow Jesus Christ. Which way is he going? Uh, Psalm 32, verse 8, which is a favorite of my dear mother's, was, I will instruct you, God says, and teach you in the way you should go, and I will guide you with my eye. Isn't that something? Have you ever looked to God and, and, and known exactly whether you should say what you planned on saying or do what you plan on doing by merely looking at the expression on God's face? Lord, would, would you like me to say, you don't want me to say that, okay. Have you ever done that? You know how many times in the Bible it tells us to keep our eyes on God's face? Um, we see an example of this in Luke 22, verse 60, where Peter, you may remember, has just denied Jesus Christ. And the very next verse says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. That's all he did. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows, crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. What caused him to weep bitterly? The look on Jesus' face. The look on Jesus's face brought about profound repentance. In Psalm 27, verse 8, David says to God, he said, you have told me to seek your face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Psalm 89, verse 15 says, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim the Lord. How do they do that? who walk in the light of your face, O Lord. Isn't that lovely? You're going to glorify God in your life as you walk in the light of his face. How can a servant be faithful and wise? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, notice again that our verse specifically points to something. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So, watching out to be faithful to watch out for especially the return of christ causes faithfulness why is that first john 3 2 and 3 says but we know that when jesus appears we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone who has this hope in him that is this 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 ongoing hope of christ returning purifies himself your whole commitment to purity will be radically altered as you're consciously aware that, that Christ is coming back and there will be this encounter. So we've looked at who we're to be faithful to, how we're to be faithful, and now 
how then will our lives be measured? Because you see, it's really easy to come to this conclusion. Well, so we'll, you know, okay, so I'm gonna to try to be faithful. What possible difference to the world are my efforts gonna to, to make? And, and so if my efforts aren't gonna add up to a lot, I'm not gonna measure up to a lot. Well, that's what we think. But you know, the effort that we make for the kingdom of God might add up to very little at all. I mean, not the effort, but there might add up to very few, little results. But is God gonna, is God gonna measure us by the results? Hudson Taylor was a, was a great missionary to China and he wrote, Christians should do all things wholeheartedly, not just those actions that can be seen. As our father makes many a flower to bloom unseen in the lonely desert, let us do all that we can do under, as under his eye, though no one should ever take note of it. Well, for sure, if you're gonna serve God, the world isn't gonna measure you as weighing very much. But, but what will God make of me if what I achieve for him is so small? Look at verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household? This is some sort of reward, apparently, in heaven. But notice, who the master puts in charge of the servants of his household is the person who is wise. And who is the person who is wise? One quality God points to. They were faithful. That's it. That's it. Nothing to do with achievement. Uh, J.I. Packer says, faithfulness is our business. Fruitfulness is an issue that we must be content to leave with God. John MacArthur says exactly the same thing. He says, our responsibility is to make our witness faithful. It is God's responsibility alone to make it fruitful. And he does a, as he sees best. You know, something that struck me is when the Apostle Paul speaks about his ministry helpers, there are certain verses where he, he indicates to us why he chose them to be his ministry helpers. See, see if you see a common denominator. 1 Corinthians 4.17, For this reason I am sending you, Timothy, my son whom I love, comma, who is faithful. Ephesians 6.21, Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant of our Lord, will tell you everything. Colossians 1.7, You learned it from, from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ. Colossians 4.9, Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you, will tell you everything that has happened here. Peter did the same. We could go on. 1 Peter 5.12, with the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you. So Paul and Peter, when they were looking for quality people, they really only had one's criteria. And it was the same as God's criteria. Is this person faithful? Is this person talented? Not an issue in the kingdom of God. Is this person got resources that can help? No, not, not an is issue. It's are they faithfulness? Are they faithful? You know, pastors through, throughout the ages have, have labored to communicate this to their congregation. And... You get every kind of, of follower of Christ, um, not all of whom are even saved. 
and some are super spiritual and some speak in diverse tongues and I mean and then there's the person who's always got a vision and 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 you look through all of them and really the only thing God's looking for is faithfulness. Seems to be not very glamorous, is it? In fact, it's actually rather the opposite of glamorous. Preachers, though, are always trying to communicate this. Ian Murray said, there's no guarantee that a man faithful to God will be recognizable by their numbers, their talents, and their successes. Daniel Affey said, God rewards faithfulness, not the size of our ministries. James R. Sisu said, let it never be forgotten that glamour is not greatness. Applause is not fame. Prominence is not eminence. The man of the hour is not apt to be the man of the ages. A stone may sparkle, but that doesn't make it a diamond. People may have money, but that doesn't make them successful. As I looked in, at quotations on the theme, it just goes on and on and on and on. So finally, what is faithfulness? If we were to, we know we would be faithful to, but, but what exactly is it? Look at verse 21. His master replied, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little can also be dishonest with very much. Chrysostom was one of early church fathers who who was supposed to have the golden tongue uh, he says faithfulness in the little things is the big thing um, I was reading this week about a, an American politician who was over in Calcutta and was watching a female missionary attempting to meet the needs of hundreds of of, of poverty-stricken people surrounding surrounding her and clamoring for for help and he said to her, how can you bear the load without being crushed by it? And her marvelous answer was, my dear Senator, I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. Faithful in the little things. Faithful in the insignificant things. In the unnoticed things. Uh, I'll finish with a, a true story. Um, there was a missionary in Africa, I wish I knew their name because he should get the credit. But he tells a story of an elderly woman who was reached with the gospel. She happened to also be blind and couldn't read or write. Uh, but as she wanted to share her faith with others, she went to this missionary and asked if she could have a copy of the Bible in French. Well, when she got it, she then asked the missionary if he would be so kind as to underline John 3.16 in red and then mark the page so that she could find the page. And off she went. And people started coming to Christ through her. So one day he, he, he thought, what does she do? So he decided to follow her. And uh, in the afternoon, just before school was out, she would make her way to the front door of the school, and then as the boys came out, she would stop one after the other and, and, and ask them if they knew how to read French. Well, they, they all spoke French, so of course they knew how to read French. And then when one would say yes, she would say, would you be so kind as to read the verse on this page that's marked in red? 
they could see she was blind. It's John 3.16. And then she would ask, do you know what this means? Then she would tell them about Christ. Do you know, after a number of years, the missionary didn't know how many people she had won to Christ, but he was able to chronicle a few years later that 24 of those boys became pastors. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him so doing when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So may the Lord bless this admonition to, to our sweet little church and to each one of us individually, so that at the end of 2022, the Lord will look at us and say, well done, my faithful and wise servant. For Jesus' sake, amen. Let's pray. Lord, um, I'm really happy about this truth because, because we are small in number, and that doesn't matter to you. It's only our faithfulness that, that matters. And in Jesus' name, I pray that we would be wise in this coming year and be wise by being faithful and to know what task you've assigned us each day and to, and to do it with a smile on our face because we're doing it for you, not the world. We measured only by our faithfulness, not by our success. And if we fail a hundred times, uh, we'll just get up and box on because we want to be faithful as you are faithful, as you are the faithful and true one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bez. Tune in next week as we continue studying the Word of God. May God bless you.